0: Sports Talk Mississippi on your radio and in the game right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: And welcome in on Thursday. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming live at supertalk.fm. The teacher's gone. We have a substitute in. It's time to plug in the TV and put on a movie and put your heads down and take a nap for the rest of the day. We were just
0: going to talk about doing the show today. We weren't actually going to do the show today. That's, that's, he said that was going to be later.
2: I actually saw the teacher at the baseball field earlier and told him we were doing three hours of NBA, which is the equivalent, I guess, of flinging spitballs across, across the classroom for three and a half hours. <laughs> so we're good to go.
1: It is great to be with you on this Thursday afternoon. Yeah, Richard is off fulfilling some television obligations. You got Borky and the Bryans here with you for the full three hours this afternoon, as well as tomorrow. But tomorrow's show is going to be a little bit different than usual because we will have two baseball games to react to. Hey Dad will join us after Mississippi State and Southern at some point. Get there as quick as I can, I promise. We will get Hey Dad. Whenever that is, we will get him. Hopefully. He will be able to join us at some point during the show tomorrow because if he can't, that's a long, hot, mid-afternoon baseball game. No, it'll be
0: fine. I mean, game starts at noon, should be done by 3, 3.30. I'll be on the, the air by 4.30 maybe. Yeah, something Surely like that. Surely it will
2: not go 17 innings.
0: Don't, why would you do that? What did I ever do to you?
1: I've been your friend I said- all this time said it won't. That's a
2: jinx, Rippy. (laughs) I don't jinx things. Okay.
1: And we will catch in uh, with Luke Johnson as well tomorrow because Southern Miss also gets underway at noon. Uh, Sports Talk is brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank. We do have a ton to get to this afternoon. If we decide to talk sports, we're going to talk sports all day. I promise you that. But uh, here is the tentative schedule. And if you listen to the show long enough, you know how it works when it's the three of us. We will veer off of this schedule at some point. But the tentative schedule for today is we will break down We had the regional press conferences today. And as with most press conferences, not a whole lot actually goes on. But some information uh, that's worthwhile for you to know uh, came out of both of those press conferences today. We'll get to that. And we will at the very end of the show. I promise we'll save it till then talk some NBA playoffs. The finals are tonight. Boogie Cousins is back in the lineup for Golden State. We don't know how much he's going to play in what capacity, but you've got the finals beginning tonight and suddenly people are starting to give the Raptors a chance in this series, guys. This is so silly.
0: They're just talking themselves into it. There's No chance. No chance for the Raptors.
2: Without Durant, though, Kawhi Leonard is going to be a huge problem. It's just, it's like, is he enough without a second scorer or second primary scorer? I probably don't think so. But I think it'll be competitive six games.
1: You don't, you don't Five. think Siakam's a good complementary score? Good enough anyway.
2: Siakam is a fantastic regular season player. A bit atrocious in the playoffs. Yeah, something
1: like that. The spring meetings are going on in Destin, and apparently, this is something that we've talked about a lot on this show and. Uh, We do so for a lot of reasons, but especially we're going to kind of open it up to you this afternoon and let you guide the discussion on selling beer in SEC stadiums. I know we've talked about it before, but a report came out today from Ross Dellinger, a friend of the show, that they, if they were to vote, at least right now, believe that they, air quotes, have the votes in order to pass allowing the sale of beer to everybody within SEC stadiums, so we'll talk about that coming up later on in the show. Mark Keenum, by the way, um, mixed feelings on the idea of selling alcohol in stadiums, and he's not alone. Georgia uh, is outspoken about how they don't really want to do that for the entire population uh, within their stadiums, but apparently, according to Ross, they have the votes to pass it if they want to try to go that route. It's such a, a, a tight wire. You
0: have to walk for that because you, you, a large portion of your fan base in the South is going to be anti-alcohol. But then you ha- you realize that there's a lot of money to be made. That maybe you can do a little bit better job with safety. You know, instead of people, I think I I don't know if people will stop you know sneaking in bourbon. But at the same time, if they have the op- opportunity to just buy beer at the stadium, they might take might take you up on that. And you get them off the hard liquor that way, I guess.
2: Yeah, and it saves the awkward walk with the water bottle in between your pants. Like, I would imagine it would at least deter some people.
0: Do you guys want to hear a great story about this? Bring it on. Oh, 04 Egg Bowl, nasty, rainy day, right? So I'm standing out there in line with a bunch of other state fans. We're about to get molested by the Ole Miss security people searching us. And Is that what they do? Oh, my gosh, you have no idea. And I hear this click, clack, click, clack, click, clack. And I turn around, and there's a blind guy. And he's got his cane. He's, clack, clack. he's walking. He's got somebody guiding him, right? So I see this. I'm like, hey, hey, everybody make some way here for this guy. He's, he's trying to get through. So we sort of part the reds, the maroon sea, I guess, for y'all. And he starts coming through. And his, his, the guy who's with him just leans over to me and goes, he's not blind. And I'm like, he's what? He's wearing a poncho, right? And he just looks at me and goes, we got two cowbells and two fists of bourbon under that poncho. <laughs> so I watched And he just walked right in with, with the guy He wasn't blind
1: Unbelievable <laughs> I will never forget that until the day I die I don't man. know whether or not to respect that Or I respect the hustle man hey, You
2: respect it 100% What is there not to respect? <laughs> the guy, He found a blind man's cane He had a real the white
0: cane with the red tip He had it And it was just walking along with it
1: I was going to tell a story, but mine's far less funny. <laughs> I'll save it for for later Another on day, in the show. Yeah. That's uh, that's coming up at the top of the five o'clock hour. We'll get into that. They have the votes, so we'll see. Actually, if it passes. By the way, you can text the show six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five on the ceasefire text line, and we this already happens, guys. How much time did we spend on the NBA just now? If you had to guess, Is already, ballpark it. It's already done. That was thirty seconds. Forty-five seconds to a minute. Philip and Ellisville, NBA BS. I'm out. Come on, guys. Nobody cares.
2: I think like talk about what I want to hear, guy, is what? probably not much fun to have a beer with. But uh, like, we also
0: you, you try to text him back, and he he's not texting
1: while driving. Well, but. that is a good thing. And ceasefire yeah, so does thing. encourage you not that. to text and drive. So thank you, Philip, for being safe while on the roads this afternoon. But I promise you, man, it was just thirty seconds, and we will save the rest for the very end. of of the show, I promise we won't make you suffer anymore. Uh, the full TV schedule is out for the first three weeks in the SEC, and uh, Mississippi State's front end of their schedule isn't all that interesting. And Rippy is probably not alone in his excitement for the eleven o'clock kickoff in Memphis for Ole Miss this year. I got eleven o'clock kickoff. He
0: goes home at least from Memphis. St- I get to go to New Orleans. I got the whole night of Saturday to myself,
1: well, and you're in a dome. Hell yeah, I'm gonna. You don't have to suffer in the heat.
0: And they, I have heard tell. I've never been in it. But they say the Superdome uh, press box is legendarily cold. Like an ice box in there.
1: Well, because it's at, like, a summit. <laughs> yeah, You're a little higher at up the than The very Everest. top of the Superdome It's unbelievable. I don't know how... The reporters must just pull up a stream on their computer because there's no way you can watch from I got, there. I the, the and be able to like tell what Sheldon Rankins is doing on the interior. Like, there's no way that you can watch the, the guy the game in the, the black jersey get a sack. Okay, <laughs> Saints get a sack. That's all you got to tweet. Eleven o'clock kick, Rippy. A uh, good thing you get to sit inside a climate controlled press box.
2: Is that place climate controlled? Because I don't necessarily remember uh, the, the Liberty Bowl cup the press box time. might
0: not
1: be.
2: Yeah. And there, I don't know, could be some wild animals living in there as well. Should be a fun time.
1: Yeah, and at least uh, for Ole Mrs. sake, the crowd will be a little bit less intense. I mean, you think it's a game that they must win, right? We're going to talk about this all summer long with they have to open up with a win at Memphis. It's a team you're supposed to beat, all that good stuff.
2: Yeah, and to your point, nothing really screams electricity like 11 a.m. in the Liberty Bowl, so I I imagine it probably won't be filled.
1: And those people are going to be nuts about that game, though. So any any possibility of taking some of the edge off is at least a a check in the positive direction. We'll look at, if we have time, we'll look at some NFL over-under win totals that were released yesterday. I've got my picks for New Orleans and for Dallas. There's also a couple of them that I think are easy money. So we'll get into those later on as well. Zion has signed with an agent, officially ending the charade of should he go back to college. And it's not LeBron's agent. Turns out, it's Drew Brees' agent. So he's all about New Orleans, as it turns out. And uh, Ole Miss, speaking of Ole Miss, had a veteran guard return to school, which is completely expected, Rippy, but at least they get the formal announcement today.
2: Yeah, Bree and Tyree headed back to school. I think it was just one of those things where he tries to get feedback, just to see what people were saying. I don't think he was ever actually going anywhere. So, smart. To your point, um, yes, yeah, smart, but uh, certainly not not unexpected. I think I just double negative there. They expected to have him back is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Uh,
1: Tim says he thought Ole Miss opted for the early game tomorrow. Uh, was he misinformed? You, you are mistaken. It's Mississippi State who opted for that early game Tomorrow and not Ole Miss. So Mississippi State will start at noon. Ole Miss Rippy is it at seven o'clock?
2: Yeah, seven p.m. first pitch. Um, I actually need to double. I don't know what time the first game is. Like if it'll like push that later at all if it goes long. I think that's the 3 why they, they
0: have it. You know, states noon and seven, so that if there is a weather delay, you've got seven hours worth of of window there. So
1: my guess is that they they probably got something similar. Chris in Oxford, you guys have to tell me if he's trolling me or not because this can't be real. He said, y'all don't remember the movie Attack of the Killer Bees. They killed the bees at the end of the movie by driving a Volkswagen into the Superdome and turning on the air conditioner to kill the bees. If that is real, please let me know because that is hilarious. I need to watch that movie. We'll get into baseball next. Uh, Pitching rotations, all that good stuff. It's Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank Studio.
0: Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi.
1: Do you ever get so excited that you just can't wait?
0: Yes. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial. Here on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: read a headline and wonder if it's real or fake and it takes you to click on the story, pull it up and read it to make sure that it's real. That's why I follow uh, Saved You a Click on Twitter. Here's the headline for you. From Sports Illustrated, their website called Extra Mustard, so that's why I didn't really know that it was real at first. But it's real. Rick Pitino wants you to please stop smoking during his Greek basketball team's game. (laughs) He is also apparently leading a crusade against the in-arena smoking habits of the fans of his Greek basketball team. I'm not going to try to pronounce the team name. It starts with a P and it's like Panathankalios. You tried to pronounce it. Something like that. You lied to our listeners. And they also are lighting flares inside of the arena and he wants that practice to end as well. So yeah, Brick Pitino, not a big fan of smoking. He's fine with His assistants providing prostitutes to underage recruits, but nope, don't smoke in my arena. I guess that's how you end up in Greece. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippy, with you. I I don't see the connection, but sure. (laughs) It just seems like your scale of morality, you know, should fall somewhere. He doesn't want those
0: thousand-dollar suits to stink, is what he wants.
1: I imagine that. (laughs) Gotta be careful. (laughs) Anyway, uh, let's talk baseball. So you had press conferences today in Oxford and in Starkville, the regional press conferences. All four teams participated. Uh, I imagine that you don't particularly care about what Southern and Jacksonville State had to say, but let's start with pitching rotations. Both of them were solidified today, and in Oxford, Rippy, sounds like they're just going with the norm, Etheridge, Nikhazy, and then they'll figure out game three.
2: Yeah, but I, I don't see in any way that where that wouldn't be Hoagland with the way he threw last week in Hoover. So yeah, Etheridge going tomorrow, Nikhazy game two, and then he didn't ever say anything past um, Etheridge, but like, you're not going to hold Nikhazy like other anything other than a game two, and then I don't see how, any way Hoagland doesn't go in game three. I guess you could potentially see Zach Phillips, but I, w- I would be rather surprised.
1: And Hoagland's been better lately for them, has he not?
2: Yeah, he has. And even like even that start against Arkansas and Hoover, he just a different demeanor. Like Velocity was up a tick or two. Um, but he's been good the last couple outings he's been out there, giving them more length, um, kind of pitch smarter, not so fastball reliant. Been been much better. He and Phyllis both.
1: So with Clemson and Illinois, and in case you missed this, Clemson and Illinois, we'll get Rippy to tell you exactly who they are, are both the two and the three holding their aces for game one and hopes to throw their ace against Ole Miss, if they win, uh, in Game 2. So do you think that, one, who are the aces that were being held that Ole Miss could potentially see in Game 2? And two, do you think Ole Miss should have adjusted the way they approached it because of that?
2: Uh, to the second part of your question, no. The aces are, for Clemson, it's Matt Clark. And then for Illinois, it is more, more than likely Andy Fisher. Um, and it's two guys who do not throw particularly hard. So the kind of the quintessential toss, soft tossing lefty that's sometimes given this team problems over the years. Uh, you know, in, in some ways that from the limited what I've seen and what I've read, like in some ways it kind of compared to Jake Kuchmaner, which is the kid that took the perf- uh, the no hitter into the ninth against, uh, for East Carolina against them earlier in the year. Um, so certainly an interesting matchup. No, I don't think they should have countered, because like what are you gonna do? Like you're gonna hold Will Etheridge out and throw Nikesey against Jacksonville State. I mean, I like like make that move make sense for me, I guess because a lot of times the best version of of this team, has been with Nikasey on the mound, and that's not really a knock on Etheridge. There just seems to be a different level of confidence sometimes when when is out there because of you know how often they've won and how well he's pitched. So no, I don't think they should have changed anything up at all. I, I don't, I, I don't see anything wrong with them keeping Etheridge on Friday and then Niekzy game two. I've talked to somebody this morning who
1: asked me if he was worried or if I should be worried about Etheridge. Pitching on short rest. And my response was, What are you talking about short rest? It's going from Sunday, where he threw 40 pitches in Hoover, to Friday. That is not a concern or anything, is it?
2: I wouldn't think so. But I mean, you got to think about it. He did, like, he hasn't been on a normal schedule in quite a while now. He throws Thursday at Tennessee, throws Tuesday in Hoover, throws again Sunday. As far as like a workload, I guess concern not not really, but it is it it is shorter rest than he's used to, and it's not his normal schedule. But I you know as, aside from maybe his bullpen weekly bullpen being thrown a little off, I I, I don't think it's an issue at all.
1: And turning to Mississippi State, uh, a mix up in their rotation. J T Ginn is actually going to go tomorrow for Mississippi State against Southern. Uh, what do you think about that move, Haida? It's interesting. Uh,
0: I didn't think it was going to be that way. It's surprising to me. Uh, I get why he did it. Um, because if you look at Ginn, the past month and a half or so, I mean he's had some 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 tough starts. Obviously didn't do well in the SEC tournament uh, against South Carolina. He was he was just okay against Ole Miss. Rip, you remember he had that he had a, a little bit of a rough start. And so maybe putting him out there against a team he should be able to handle just to get some confidence back, see some some guys swing and miss some pitches might be just what they want from him. What it does tell me though is this. And maybe if this wants, if you want to call this negative, you can—but I, I think it shows that for a potential championship game three, or game seven, whatever it is, they—they uh, they, they must have a little bit more faith in Plumlee out there than Ghent, because that's who would get the ball should State uh, advance through the winners' bracket. They also said Small will start uh, tomorrow. Or, I'm sorry, not tomorrow, uh, Saturday, uh, regardless of, of the outcome of uh, of Friday's game. So Ethan Small's getting the ball uh, for State's second game, no matter what.
2: That is – go ahead, Ruby. Oh, no, Borky, we're probably about to say a different version of the same thing. I'll push back a little and just asking, like, but don't you want your two best pitchers to get you through the first two games?
0: Well, there was an interesting comment by Limonis, and he said that uh, I always have put my ace out there first, but here I have two aces. So maybe that's just the way he feels, but Small was never going to pitch game one. That's just not going to happen. He needs to be the guy that in in all likelihood is facing Miami. And you know, I like Plumlee, and I have a lot of faith in him and trust, especially when you look at what Southern's doing. Southern is not pitching their best pitcher, Eli Finney. They're pitching, uh, I don't have his name, I think it's Jerome Bohannon, whose ERA is almost a seven on the year. It's almost like they're conceding the Mississippi State game a little bit. So it's odd that that they're going to throw Ginn out there. Now, what's the point of that? I have no idea what the point of that is. No idea whatsoever. The whole Normally when a SWAC team that makes the tournament, they have that ace that they feel confident in. He can get us through this first game, and we'll sort of figure it out after that. And that guy is, is Finney. It's the guy who beat LSU earlier this season. He threw seven strong innings against them. So why he's not starting, I, I don't get. Um, but like I said, that that's the matchup you're going to see. And, you if know, you check
2: to see when he pitched last, he may have pitched deep into their conference tournament. They
0: haven't played since the nineteenth.
2: That's when their conference tournament ended. I got nothing for you. Yeah,
1: yeah, that just doesn't make any sense. Be- I mean, I understand why twos and threes do it because the the best way right. for the a non Clemson one, thing one thing makes sense. Yeah, the best way for a non one seed to win a regional you is gotta have to- your ace to, to make the, the one, one seed
0: get in the losers bracket. But if you're playing the four seed, you need to play. If you're the four seed, you need to be throwing your your ace against the one. I don't get it. So That is
1: odd. We get a, a couple of texts here. Uh, why not throw your midweek guy? Because you still have to win the game.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I would feel good about putting Brandon Smith out there, to be totally honest. But I would I really feel great, to be honest with you, if State is somehow loses a game in this regional and they get all the way to Monday, and State's throwing Brandon Smith, Brandon Smith has to be better than whoever they're going to throw out there on uh, on Monday from Central Michigan, Southern, or, or Miami, to be totally honest with you. So I don't have a problem with it. And the other thing is this, you know, Brandon Smith's never thrown more than four innings. It's going to be blazing hot out there noon. I mean, maybe you have a concern about him being able to get through more than four, five or six innings. Maybe you'd like Ginn to go out there and throw seven or eight innings and leave your bullpen ready to go.
1: And, you know, he's got the endurance and Smith doesn't. I don't know. Uh, A few more texts are coming in, so we'll get to those next, I promise. We we will get to your texts next. A lot of people uh, focused in on, well, we have two regionals in the state of Mississippi this weekend and uh, questions about that. We had press conferences today. Anything else stand out to you, Rippy, from uh, from the Ole Miss perspective? I guess uh, we'll probably have to get into this after the break, but Mike Bianco had something to say about last year's, everybody calls it Black Monday, affecting this team one way or the other.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, he just talked about how that doesn't necessarily motivate him, but he, he understands there's probably guys in the locker room that that certainly motivates with a lot of returners from last year. Other notes wise, I think they anticipate Tyler Keenan being okay. He's, he took BP, did some field work at third base. Mike said he did not throw from third to first full speed. I don't necessarily know what that means, but he said he'd probably be fine for tomorrow. What was the
1: official diagnosis there anyway?
2: Sprained shoulder. I don't know when that happened. I guess he dove for a ball in the first inning when Phillips was pitching against uh, Vanderbilt. I I missed that whole thing. Like, when he went out, I thought it was a heat thing again, but sprained shoulder. And talk about some
1: look because the game before, what, he had to leave, and it was scary looking on television. I wasn't there, but, uh, I mean, it looked brutal with uh, the dehydration that he was dealing with the game before, and then he comes back, gets loaded up on Pedialyte. Ready to go for the game the next day and then hurts his shoulder. That's rough. Yeah, luck. that's
2: a that's a that is a rough luck. But they are fortunate. I mean, you fall on your shoulder and five six days later you're able to play again. I guess they're fortunate in that regard.
1: Got a couple more of, uh, of your text. We will get to talking about the Ole Miss rotation and, and what they should do this weekend. If you want to text the show, you can 601-879-4395. Let us know what you think. We'll be right back at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank Studio. Thursday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming live at supertalk.fm. Our friend Dan in Charleston asks about Southern Miss and who they're starting on the mound tomorrow at noon. That is Gabe Shepard, the freshman, the superstar freshman, or at least it's what I think he's going to end up being before his time is out at Southern Miss, is getting the nod for that noon game tomorrow against Arizona State. If you remember, he threw seven and a third innings of a no-hit game against Rice on Saturday. And uh, had six days of rest, so he's good to go. He's nice and rested and healthy, and coming off of an excellent performance in the Conference USA tournament. So that's who it will be. Gabe Shepard. He's two and zero on the season. He's got a 2.16 ERA, and he's averaging just over 15 strikeouts per nine innings. So uh, Southern Miss not going with their ace themselves because if you're a two or a three. You've got to find a way to throw your best guy against the one seed if you want to w- right. win a regional. It's the, it's the only
0: way. It is literally that is. I would love to see a uh, what's the word I'm looking for there? Like a, 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 a spreadsheet, some stats, some, some deep analysis of two seeds that won their regional. How do they handle their pitching? I guarantee most of them held the one for the uh, held their ace for the one seed.
2: LSU's throwing Marceau tomorrow too, so that's potentially Cole Henry against. Him, like that, would be probably worth the price of admission.
1: That's a good, that's a good matchup. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Brad in Burnsville said, "Is old Miss stupid if they wear anything other than the powder bo- powder blue uniforms
2: tomorrow?" I'm very anti-uniform superstition guy. It's clothing, but uh, they can't
1: wear the grays. I mean, I, I'm very anti. That would be the anti- ultimate
2: troll job, though. <laughs> uh,
1: yes, it, it would be, but. I'm with you. I don't think uniforms actually dictate how you play unless they're as ugly as those gray uniforms that they have. Those, you can put that on and not be confident in yourself. It's like when you have a really, really ugly shirt. You know, you haven't done laundry in a few weeks and you're at the back of your closet and you have that shirt that your wife gave you that you really hate, but you can't tell her that you really hate it. It's a little too tight. It's trendy or whatever she wants to call it. I'm speaking from experience here. It's this weird plaid and it's like super soft and you don't have a good... You have a dad bod, right? So it kind of really hugs all the curves you've got. And when you leave the house wearing that thing... You feel like less of a man, those gray jerseys have to have the same effect on that baseball team. They are awful. Are you trying to tell us about your wardrobe? Uh, There is one shirt in
2: particular. Okay. That was incredibly detailed. Um, Yeah, I tend (laughs) to agree, uh, though. I thought their old gray uniforms were great. If you remember those, it's a very yeah. typical MLB-looking uniform where it's got, like, the stripes up the middle. But apparently those uniforms were, like, heavy, and, like, the gray ones they, they changed to were lighter, which I guess, like, you talked about, like, feeling good. I, I certainly understand that. But, yeah, that, that, not the best look, in my opinion. But I'm far from a fashion savant.
1: Sean in Grenada asks or, or suggests that maybe they keep Ryan Olenek in center field instead of bringing him uh, out of the pen. Look, that that situation in the Vanderbilt game on Sunday, I mean, bases loaded. He was in a lose-lose situation there, right? I, I mean, you they were at the end of their bullpen. There weren't many other options. I, I don't know if you can really put it on Olenek in that moment, giving up that little dribbler base hit up the middle to lose that game, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, at that point, you're at the bottom of your pen. You're going – Either, I believe, Chophy was back there pitching for the second consecutive days, and I don't know if there's much of any sample size in his career of him throwing back-to-back days, or you're going Caracy for the fourth consecutive day, which would be borderline reckless, or you're going Olenek. So, yeah, I mean, you're playing your sixth baseball game in six days. I don't think that's really indicative of of. A closing prowess because the reason they're using him like it's not your typical oh let's let this center fielder try pitching like A pitched a lot in high school and he's got a pretty good fastball with a pretty good hook to complement it as well and he throws a changeup like he's a legit pitcher but I I don't think Sunday was uh Sunday was very indicative of that they were they were running on fumes
1: and, and the first ever on this show on the C Spire text line by the way if you want to text the show you can six zero one eight seven 879 4395. 879 4395. That's the best way to be a part of the show. First ever on the text line. Somebody says, We're talking too much sports. And he calls me Daniel, son. You're not Daniel. You're his enemy, his mortal enemy.
2: Yeah. but and He's uh, just trying to get us riled up, and I really appreciate that.
1: <laughs> First ever, somebody says, We're talking too much sports. Usually the other way around. We have a text from the 601, Rusty in Hattiesburg, that suggests. Throw Hoagland on Friday, Nickasey Saturday, and then have Etheridge ready to finish the regional out.
2: So normally, like you see, one seeds hold their ace all the time. Like, like Heydad was mentioning that State's doing. Although I was a little surprised, like Heydad was saying, they're going with as opposed to Plumley. But look, like. I'm not gonna about to make the case that Jacksonville State is like some kind of monster out of the Ohio Valley, but they've beaten two SEC teams. They have a legit workhorse ace that's thrown 100 plus innings, and they have an 89 RPI with again two wins over SEC teams. And with this this group's history in a regional, I don't mean to be like tongue in cheek or piling on with that. Like I, I, you probably don't want to mess around.
1: Jeff asks if the uh, Mississippi State All Black uniforms are worse than the Ole Miss gray. Here's the thing about... I don't know that I've seen the Ole Miss gray. I need to. They're, they're, they haven't worn them because so many people complained. Did they wear them in Oxford That two weekends ago, three weekends ago?
2: No. No, they haven't worn them in a while. They went winless in them in 2018 and that started like a fan <laughs> well, a fan superstition that's conspiracy in I, I, them. And then the, I think they wore them once or twice this year. I think they lost a game at Tulane maybe when they wore them and I, I don't know what's happened to them since. On
0: the other side, the all-blacks that Mississippi State wears, they are undefeated in this season. I think they're Something like twenty-four and three over the last two years. The nickel blacks. The nickel blacks. Yes.
1: The one thing that kills me, and it's not just Mississippi State. It's an Adidas thing. The the letters on the front of these jerseys without the buttons, right? So it, it's not a, a button shirt. It's just it's like a, like an old T-shirt. Like almost. a T-shirt. Yeah. The the letters the the Mississippi State is angled ever so slightly diagonally. Yeah. Not a whole lot, but ever so slightly. So. When I first saw it, I thought, ooh, they really screwed up putting his letters on, and it's everybody. Yeah. Just flatten it out. Uh-huh. And the same thing on their football pants with the crooked logo. Just flatten it up, make it straight, and it all looks good. That, that little detail kills me for some reason.
0: Eh. Huh. I've gotten past I, – Adidas, I used, Adidas used to be a really easy target. Few years back, obviously for some uh, for some other reasons that maybe we won't bring up the show, but they 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 put out some bad uniforms. But but in the past couple of years, what they've done with baseball and and football, especially bringing back that that retro look that state has, I, I, I'm a fan of.
1: I, I still think that that cream with just state. Oh, that's great. across is one of the best uniforms in baseball. Yeah, I agree.
2: Love those. You were going to say something, Rippy Oh no, no. Um, I do agree with that. That that is a good looking uniform from from state. But yeah, I don't know. I I would imagine they probably wear what. I mean, the pitcher picks the uniform, so I think Etheridge has gone navy most of the time. I, I don't know. I don't I don't keep up with these things.
1: Hey, Ed, was there anything else that
0: that came from today that is noteworthy to you? Yeah, Elijah McNamee looks like he'll be back this weekend uh, from Mississippi State, and he's been out for he's been out weeks now. Uh, he, he got injured. He had been battling a foot issue most of the season. Uh, He re-aggravated at Ole Miss. He he had a double. He slid into second, and he he just came up a little bit lame, and they had to pull him out of the game. Uh, But it looks like, from all indications, he will play some role this weekend. He may just only DH. I know State would like to get him back in right field because they have had some defensive issues out there uh, with him gone. But if nothing else, you're going to get his bat back into the lineup this weekend. Is he healthy enough to play right field, maybe? That's, that's the question, right? It, 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 if they're going to aggravate him by having him on defense, I think they'd rather just have him batting and, and keep his bat in the lineup uh, just to give him a little bit of you – know, because this is this time of year. Elijah me in the postseason, that, that's, when, you know, that's when he thrives. You look at last season and the way he played. They want him out there one way or the other. Uh, my guess is if he's not healthy enough to play right field, you'll see him at DH. Uh, but if not, if they
1: can get him out there, they would certainly like that. You guys may have addressed this yesterday. I was meaning to to ask you guys about this earlier in the week. Is there any reason? Hey, we talked all week leading up to Hoover that you know this really doesn't matter for Mississippi State. They could lose two games and go home, and they'll still be a national seed. No big deal. But is there any cause for concern about the way they played in Hoover that that may carry over, or was it? You know, a team that went into a tournament that had nothing to gain, really, by being there. What what do you make of the way they played in Hoover, and do you expect it to
0: carry over? I don't expect it to carry over. I mean, the the way they played. The LSU game, they got off to a really good start, and then it just sort of died on them, and they had to play 17 innings. Vanderbilt, I mean, it was a great pitching matchup. State State out-hit Vanderbilt in that game. They just couldn't string enough hits together to to score a run. And, you know, two runs would have won the game. Uh, The LSU game, once they fell behind early, I think they – like I said, I don't like to use the word quit. But disengaged might be the right word. Uh, but I, I, one thing I've learned about this team is they can flush it really easily. Uh, you think about that Arkansas series and the way they got swept and really handled over there in Fayetteville. And then they came back and won, I think, uh, eight of the next nine, 13 of the next 14, something like that. Some some ridiculous numbers. So, yeah, this team mentally, I don't ever question it.
1: We'll get to a couple of a couple more of your texts here after the break, talk a little bit more baseball. We'll turn the page the start times, which is apparently something that you guys care a lot about, as I noticed, uh, based on some conversations I had earlier. So the first three SEC games, or first three games for all SEC teams, have been announced. We'll get to those and tell you when your teams are going to play. A little bit more baseball coming your way, and you can text us, 601-879-4395. It's Sports Talk Mississippi. Hang tight. If you're an Ole Miss fan listening to this, you need to be prepared for an entire summer of comments like these right here. So we mentioned Ole Miss plays Memphis. That game will kick off at 11 o'clock, so bring your sunscreen if you're heading to Memphis, or better yet, stay home in the air conditioning. But Mark Giannotto, who is a columnist for the Memphis News, or Memphis News, and also now hosts a radio show on the ESPN station there in Memphis, um, in response to... The idea that Ole Miss should never play Memphis in anything. Here's what he had to say: "Quote, it offers them a chance to play the best football program in Tennessee and Mississippi." Oh my God, I'm just
0: done. I'm done. Whatever he said after that, you know, let's say like anything you say after you, the word "but"
2: is is BS. <laughs>
0: that sentence BS. Everything else after it for the rest of his life is BS.
2: Yeah, but he knows he's just squatting on a take here. Like there's no way he actually believes that. Are you sure though? Yeah, I mean he looks like he dresses himself in the morning. Like <laughs> has functional like, you know, everything. I there's no way he believes that. I mean that that's just him trying to get people riled up. I that's that's one hundred percent my take. I mean look, he's a he's a Memphis audience, like I get it. It's probably pandering. I mean it's not probably, it is pandering, but yeah, I mean, there's no way you actually believe that.
1: I just would have loved to have seen that Mississippi State defense with Jeffrey Simmons and Montez Sweat and all the draft picks and the number 1 scoring defense shut that kind of narrative up last season. I wish I could have would seen that. Would have won 10 nothing. Wouldn't
0: have scored on them, but <laughs> definitely
1: it's just, shut them down. I get pandering. I do. You're in a local market. You do. I told you. you This is what you need
0: to do. This is how you get to the big time.
1: Maybe that is. Maybe I should just start shilling for stuff that doesn't make any sense. But I mean, if you're, I guess you're a local columnist and you have a radio show on a very successful, very highly rated station there. So maybe there's something to it. But my goodness, I hope that that is not a, a thing that people actually believe there. I hope he's just kind of fanning the flames because if there if there are people that think that Memphis has the best football program in the state of Tennessee and the state of Mississippi oh buddy
0: anybody can get into media well first off that's true anybody can I mean, look at me they they, they, just, they let me walk in this building and they gave me a microphone i don't know what they were thinking but
1: <laughs> but it's yeah yeah it, it's, you know people could hear
0: this right yeah i know uh,
1: it's just you and
0: i before the show were talking about Mike Bianchi and his, his he'll be making his uh Annual plea to remove State and Ole Miss from the conference and put Central and South Florida in. I mean, this is what people do. And, and Mississippi is an easy target a lot of times because you know of, of the stereotypes that, that uh, affect the state. Some of them, you know, some of them aren't stereotypes. Some of them are, are true. But at the end of the day, you know, all I would say to Memphis, is, you know, State plays Memphis, I think next year. The last two times uh State has played Memphis in football, it is not gone well for Memphis. I believe the the combined scores are something like a hundred and ten to 15, to seventeen or something like that.
2: So I don't
0: I don't know what you're talking about, sir.
2: And at least Bianchi's like was rooted in some sort of like, hey, the SEC could make more money doing this, which in theory was I mean bigger markets, it had potential to be true. Like this is just nonsense.
1: It is complete nonsense. Josh and Laurel is asking us if it would be impressive if you went to Mississippi State, ULL at 11, and then Alcorn and USM at 6 on August 31st. I would be impressed. You can count me in the the accept. We would take your call and have you tell us about that. I couldn't do that. I love football. I could not sit through eight hours of football in one day, like in the bleachers. I do it on. I can there, sit in my recliner there, and never
0: do it all day. It. I know, like David Brandt from the Associated Press has made, him. That's has made be the miserable. State Ole Miss
2: trip in, in one day. Could you do that? Ripley? He's in a climate controlled press box, though. Well, the Superdome is climate controlled.
0: State's not. State State's is open air, so it's it's not. You you swelter out there.
1: Uh, could I do there's that? There's no air conditioning in the Mississippi State it's, it's Press in, Box.
0: If you go in the in the, there's two sections to it, right? Where the press sits for the game, there's no air conditioning. Now, if you go inside where mean. the, you go inside where the food and the drinks and the restrooms and there's some tables and there are, yeah, that's that's plenty air conditioned. But just sitting at, but. I actually, the weather aside, I prefer it just because I like the open air. You feel like you're part of the game. You feel like you're in the crowd. At Ole Miss this past year, you know, closed. USM is closed. You, just, you feel like you're watching the game and not a part of the game.
1: Yeah. Uh, we get a, a question here on the text line, and we're going to bump 100 teams in 100 days. We may get to it today. We may not. Got a lot of stuff for you this afternoon. But this is an interesting question, and I want to ask you guys about this for not just Southern Miss, but also the Oxford and the Starkville Regionals. Uh, from the 2 8 they ask, how much stock do we put into travel time, Arizona State, versus hardly no travel time, obviously, for Southern Miss just down the road from Baton Rouge? And does Southern Miss have an advantage? So we're going to ask Rippy and Haight at that. And also, crowd size. Because even though Clemson plays in the ACC, and there are some good ballparks in the ACC, Jacksonville State, Clemson, and Illinois combined did not average... Old Miss's average attendance. And I imagine it's a very similar thing in Starkville as well. So will, how much will home field advantage actually matter in these regionals, and how much will travel matter for Southern Miss against Arizona State tomorrow? It's an interesting question, and we're going to get to that next at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank Studio. Four o'clock hour, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming live at supertalk.fm. Sports Talk is brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank. Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippy with you this afternoon. Richard is off getting ready to call the regionals on television this weekend. We'll have a bit of a disjointed show for you tomorrow. We'll be here all three hours. We just will be without Haydad, at least for the beginning, because he'll be covering the Mississippi State Southern game. He'll join us whenever. Uh, that game wraps up. He gets his post-game report online for you at Supertalk.fm, and he will join us whenever that ends. We also check in with Luke Johnson about the Southern Miss game. So for the first maybe hour of the show, Rippy and I will talk about, well, maybe the NBA playoffs, whatever we feel like, I guess. Until, Hey Dad joins us and we can bring no listeners some baseball. left when I show up. My God, he's got to bring him with you when you come. Uh, it's great to be with you on this Thursday afternoon. So in case you missed it, if you're just joining us, we teased a question going into the break. I think it's a really good one from the 228. We got this text and you can also text the show 601-879-4395. That's the C Spire text line. How much stock do we put into travel time and distance that Arizona State had to do getting to Baton Rouge as opposed to Southern Miss, which is, you know, what would you say? Hour and a half up the road? Not far. Not Not far at all. From Baton Rouge, so we'll start it's with a little, that a one, further than that, and yeah. then expand it to Oxford and Starkville. So, is there any stock that can be put into travel distance and time for Arizona State versus Southern Miss? And if it is an advantage, how much of one? I don't know that the travel distance is a huge deal. I do think
0: that you know it's hot in Arizona, but it's not Baton Rouge swampy hot. That's the bigger thing for me. That how do you how do you breathe out there in the middle of the day? You know, that's going to take a lot out of those guys. And, that, well, I mean, it's sort of funny I'm saying that because I remember a couple of years ago, Arizona came to Starkville and it was hot and muggy and terrible. And, and Arizona still got the win. But to me, you know, I don't think that the the travel's that big a deal for, for them at all. But the weather might be more of one. Any
1: thoughts, Rippy?
2: Yeah, I think it, it's not nothing, but I wouldn't put a ton of stock into it. I mean, they'll like the way these teams travel and they fly now like it, it's probably a little bit more difficult but but not a ton and then I would like hey dad said I'd probably say the weather is is a bigger factor more so than anything because a team from out there coming into this humidity and in this heat is probably a bit of a challenge more more so than the actual miles traveled but i mean any time you can make an hour and a half bus ride as opposed to coming across the country it's certainly preferable
1: all right let's turn the focus to the home regionals in the state this weekend because Uh, I didn't punch the numbers for the starful one, but I imagine that it's the exact same way. So I know that even though, again, Clemson plays in the ACC and there are good crowds and good ballparks in the ACC, same thing with Miami. However, the average attendance for Jacksonville State, Clemson, and Illinois combined don't match that of Ole Miss. And I imagine just from using common sense, there's no way that Southern and Central Michigan and Miami combine to have an average attendance that matches Mississippi State. So the the principles of detection. Yeah. <laughs> t- tell me that you're probably right. So crowd size is going to be something that they're not used to. Yeah. I how mean, much of an effect does it have? Oh, it, it can have a big
0: effect because you know, if you're used to I mean, even when you travel, especially central Michigan, I mean when they travel, how many people are we talking about here? A few hundred at best. And they're going to walk into that stadium, you know. Now they may not have that problem game 1. But even just the surroundings of it, you know, I can't imagine what it's like to play in that baseball stadium when there's only a couple of hundred people in there. It's got to be like playing in, in a tomb. So, and then you know, for Southern, Southern it may not be as bad because they play at Alex Box every year, so they, they're going to have an idea. And, and and they try. Southern has played in Starkville relatively recently, I would imagine. You know, they they travel and they play schools like State Nomas, so it may not be that big a deal for them. But for Miami and especially for Central Michigan, if they have to face Mississippi State. And they, they, they come out in that field and there's 10, 12, 13,000 people there. It's going to be tough.
2: In some ways, it can help, though. Because I've talked to kids from smaller schools about this before. Like when you're not used to playing in that, and then all of a sudden you play in this electric atmosphere, 10, 12,000 people, it can help you play better. Now, obviously, when things go awry and, like, you know, you're getting shelled in an inning, you can certainly rattle a pitcher and rattle a team. But there's definitely a way where it helps where you play in that kind of environment. I mean, you're certainly sharper, and a lot of people elevate their game to that
1: the outfielders are going to have a harder time than they've ever had before. That, that's where the difference yeah, is. If, if all 13,000 people, and what would it be, 11-ish in Oxford, if they were all behind home plate in just like big stands and there was nothing in the outfields, I don't think it would be as big of a deal as those, those poor guys in left, center, and right. What they're going to have to deal with is not something that they're going to be used to in both places. And especially at Mississippi State because people can literally hang their arms over the fence. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, and in Oxford you've got four thousand students yeah. all compact together behind one wall. Th- these guys have never seen that before. You gotta account for the barbecue
0: smoke when you're when you're <laughs> going back for a fly ball, you know. It's like playing in San Francisco sometimes. Or it could help you with the wind. I mean, yeah. The best wind gauge is barbecue smoke, right? That's a good point. Yeah. Wind's blowing in, I can tell from the uh, from the brisket. Um, at the end of the day, though, this is postseason baseball. You know, you, you, you're going to be prepared to play no matter what. And, and I hate to do the whole you know coach from Hoosiers thing, coach Normandale, but I mean the dimensions are you know it's still 90 feet and 60 feet, and that's not going to be a big deal. Um, so it, it, home field advantage is obviously a plus. It's home field advantage. You know, it's what you play for. Otherwise, they play everything in a neutral side or they just wouldn't care. But to say it, I don't think it's going to make the difference for anybody. If State or Ole Miss wins this weekend, it's because they're the best baseball team at that regional. It's not because they got to play at home.
1: Zach in Oxford and also Brad in Burnsville point out that it didn't bother Tennessee Tech at all last year. Uh, Which is true, and we're not saying I mean, having an effect on something it's like in college football. You can still go win on the road but there are times where teams especially in hostile environments might cost them a false start. You know, that doesn't Change the outcome of the game, but it alters the course of it ever so slightly. That's what we're talking about. We're not saying that, well, Clemson has never seen 6,000 people in an outfield before, so the outfielders are going to start just dropping routine fly balls because they're being called four-letter words. You know, That's not what we're saying. But a, a good crowd could affect one play, maybe. Or have one pitcher that comes in that doesn't respond to the moment very well, whereas others could be elevated by it. There may be the one guy that doesn't, and it affects him more than others. I can tell you, watching the SEC tournament on television, those four kids behind home plate in the championship game, who was the guy that started for Vanderbilt Rippey? Patrick, uh,
2: Patrick Raby. Patrick yeah. Raby. He
1: was, I promise you, he was rattled by the four kids behind home plate. They had their shirts off. They were screaming at him and waving stuff. and I mean, they were acting like... like little kids which is what they were but they actually rattled him I promise they were getting to him you could see it he kept looking at them and when you know when a player's looking at somebody in the crowd repeatedly that they're getting to him the pitcher
0: is the guy to worry about when we talk about home field it's the center fielder the, the, the first baseman not really gonna rattle the guy who's out there on the mound between pitches and the crowd is getting into it and they're chanting ball four or ball eight or you know they're giving him you know the, the sarcasm or whatever they're doing that's the guy who who gets rattled by big crowds.
1: Yeah, <sighs> It's
0: a big weekend. Yeah. It's a big weekend for a lot well, of we've reasons. We've been building towards it for all, you know. I mean, the only thing this is lacking is these two regionals being connected. How awesome would that have been? It, it would be both awesome and terrifying at the same time. You'd be the countdown to baseball Armageddon. Instead, there's they are on opposite sides of the bracket. So if he, everything goes to plan for both schools... You could have a
1: national championship series. Zach also adds he just hopes that Clemson, Illinois, or Jacksonville State do not have a Vanderbilt Whistler.
0: Nobody should be subjected to that kind of domestic terrorism.
1: I still would like to know their justification for allowing that to continue.
2: It's just a dude making noise. What yeah, can you it's, do? it's not an artificial noise. It's no different
0: than him cheering. I mean, if he's constantly yelling, would you get him out? I mean,
1: As somebody that has received a citation for disturbing the peace, I can tell you that they can find a way to make it well, they could. I mean, they could easily put,
0: you know, a, a, some sort of nuisance rule and and, and work around. It. They could do it, but I mean, I don't know. They just, they just have chosen not to.
2: Enough people. I just place him under like citizens arrest. Delay it long enough to where the game goes on, and then just be like, oh, never mind. Somebody
1: needs w- Vanderbilt's obviously at home, so I guess we won't have to deal with this until Omaha. So if if either Ole Miss or Mississippi State make it to Omaha, we need to. Bring a sign into the game. Heck, we can put our logo on it. Sports Talk Mississippi, 3-6, to supertalk.fm slash listen. And give it to the person sitting in front of him. And they hold up the poster during the game so he can't watch. Free advertising for us. And that you-know-what gets punished for being a you-know-what. I don't have an issue with that. Oh, I like it. I'm just coming up with ideas here. I don't know. If you make the trip to Omaha, we'll give you a sign. Just find the Vanderbilt Whistler and block his view. Do something to get rid of this guy. The SEC claiming and Shauna Grenada reminds us that there are two Whistlers now because when you see an annoying you-know-what, for some reason, somebody else wanted to be one. It's crazy. There's two? Yeah, there's two now.
2: Did he reproduce?
0: There have always been two.
2: Oh, I've always looked at the 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 white-haired guy with the mullet is the only one. I He's the of.
1: lead dog in this. He's the yeah. alpha. Okay, we'll turn the page to football next. We have schedules for the first or start times for the first three games for every SEC team. We'll break that down next. At Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank Studio. Together. Sign idea has already taken off.
2: I'm on my way.
1: Somebody's asking for how much money will pay them to hold that sign. I'll start a GoFundMe. And Spence and Wesson says he'll hold it. And he didn't ask for money, so, so far, he's got the, the best bid. And we will. Uh, he's the leader in the clubhouse. He's the leader in the clubhouse so far. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming live at supertalk.fm. It's great to be with you, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey with you this afternoon. Richard's off off today and tomorrow. He'll be back on Monday for a full regional recap because we have two hosts and a conference champion. It's great to be uh, in media in Mississippi right now. I, I think I said earlier this week that I talked to a buddy of mine that does radio in Charlotte, and they're really scrambling. I mean, they're having to turn... Three-hour shows every day on whether or not Kemba Walker will accept a Supermax. I mean, they are. I mean, that, That's all I got right now. Yeah. And uh, we get to do baseball. But right now, let's talk a little football. So the start times so the first three games across all of the SEC were announced today. And I'll run through them real quick. You guys, I'll just throw them your way each game. We'll go down the list. I'll let everybody know where your teams are going and the games that you may care about. So week zero, the first Saturday, Miami and Florida in Orlando, week zero. Night game, as you probably could have imagined, on Saturday night, Miami and Florida at 6 o'clock, I believe. Yeah, 6 o'clock. 6 central, yeah. Any thoughts? Care at all? Football? It's football, so that's fine.
0: Again, I would watch this if this was Florida International against South Miami Technical University. The fact that it's an actual <laughs> two power five teams that, and an in-state rivals and some storylines there, Diaz versus Mullen. Yeah, you've got my attention. I'm going to watch
1: every minute of that. In three bye weeks for both of those teams, technically, because yep. they just yep. moved that game. On Thursday, the 29th, Texas State and Texas A&M in a game that nobody is going to watch at 730 on the SEC Network. Lies. Shit. Brian I will watch that game. <laughs> you will?
2: Oh, yeah. So will people with bunny on it, I promise you.
1: Yeah. I, I,
0: that's college football, buddy. I, I milk every There's got to be
1: something better that day, though, right? Because this is just Is there the another SEC? college football
0: game? I, I, yeah, I, I, if there's no other
1: college football game on it, I'll at least pay attention to it. I'll look at it a couple times. Let's see. What other games are that day? Well, I don't know. We don't have them. Well, that because that this is just the SEC is what I've got in front of you. So I'm
0: sure there's a a big SEC game or not an SEC a big ESPN college football game. Here's the
1: lineup that Thursday. So Thursday the 29th. Okay. You have anything good? No, no. UCLA at Cincinnati. I'll watch. I'll pay it's attention. okay. Um,
0: Georgia Tech at Clemson. I'm interested. You've got my attention. That's that's the debut of the ACC network. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can watch that one yet. And
2: you... the first time you'll see Georgia Tech too, not running a triple option in quite a while. It probably will look weird for a bit. Hashtag swag.
1: And then Utah at BYU in the Sober Bowl uh, is the the night game. That the night. Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> it has a name, Borky. What is it? It's the Holy War. The Holy War. Yeah, yeah. I like Super Bowl better. Uh, so really not a great lineup that night, but here but we I'll go. But I'll watch it. I will watch it. I will, too. Let's be honest. Don't, don't, lie. don't lie to people. Uh, Saturday, the 31st, Ole Miss in Memphis, 11 o'clock kickoff. However, it is on ABC, so you get a national audience, a, a network game, but you have to suffer through 115-degree heat in order to get that, that is, kind of time slot.
0: The Liberty Bowl is simultaneously the hottest and the coldest stadium in America. Like When you go there and it's hot, it is like sitting on the surface of the sun. But when you go there and it's cold, it's like the sun doesn't exist. It is unbelievably weird how the the weather works in that stadium.
1: Any thoughts on that one, Rippy? It's going to be hot. Oh, dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcast broadcast school has really paid
2: off. I mean, it is what it is. I, Fly ball. I mean, honestly, fans though, are you're...
1: furious about this. Both sides too. Just at least the mad state fans are going to be indoors.
2: Fans yeah. get furious about a lot of things, but honestly, like when someone told you oh Miss Memphis to open up the 2019 season, someone could have told me that in 2013, and I would have been like 11 a.m.
0: <laughs> exactly. Same. St- state is on the road against Louisiana Lafayette. I mean, it's not even an SEC game. It's because it's, it's, it's a home game for Lafayette, even though it's a uh, neutral site. So state has the SEC doesn't have any say over where this game is getting played. 11 a.m. Did you really think it was going to be the primetime game up against, you know, <laughs> some of the uh, you know, the Auburn and Georgia, and, or Auburn and, uh, and Oregon? No. No. At no point was that going to be the case.
1: So that is not on an ESPN network. What channel will that game oh, it be is on, on? It is it on ESPN. ESPNU. But it's not There's your difference Okay, so ESPNU Early kickoff for them as well At least you get to go to the Dome I'll be inside It'll be cool And then I got a whole I got the rest of the day To watch college football And enjoy New Orleans I imagine a massive Mississippi State crowd Will be on the road for that one I would say 25 to 30 Yeah, that's big Yeah That's really big Other games uh, Time set that day Toledo and Kentucky Will also be at 11 o'clock On the SEC Network Yeah, I know I can't believe it uh, the Rockets, you know, you you never know what you're going to get with those Toledo. They beat Arkansas a few years Rockets. ago. Rockets. Well, who didn't beat Arkansas last year? They got them early before they started playing better. <laughs> Duke and Alabama will be 3:30 ABC. Uh, that game is in Atlanta. That will be an absolute bloodbath. South Carolina and North Carolina will play at the exact same time. That game's in Charlotte. Uh, should be a really nice crowd. That's a 2:30 game on ESPN. Uh, a couple of throwaways, Georgia State and Tennessee on ESPNU, Portland Huge. State and Arkansas on the SEC Network uh, at 2.30 and 3 o'clock, respectively. Georgia-Auburn is the nightcap on ABC. You can leave your TV on ABC all day long if you want to. Uh, that game in Arlington will kick off at 6.30. That's a big game.
0: That's the start of the end of the Gus Malzahn tenure. That's it. The Gus bus, the Gus gets, bus gets the blown tire right here. That's where. That's where the tire pressure gauge comes on. Three no, weeks later, is, you know, it's over.
2: This is where he brings in some quarterback that you don't think is going to be that good that just torches it and they make some ridiculous run to the SEC title game and then lose four games a year for the next four years. pretty much how this works.
0: <laughs> You're not far off, though. This, this could be I, I a cycle-up year for Auburn, and then next year everybody will be like, well, the quarterback's back. They're going to be great. It's 7-5.
1: We get a text here from the 662. When Ole Miss played Memphis in 2009, I'm pretty sure that's where scientists decided the dinosaurs died because (laughs) that's where they lost their will to live.
2: I don't remember that game. That might
1: be a good
0: thing, evidently. Apparently so. Like at all.
1: I still can't believe. It's so hard to believe. Actually, it's not. It's really an indicator of the entire existence of Hugh Freeze in, in the Ole Miss coaching realm. That team that won the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. That lost, team lost at Memphis. That beat Alabama. Lost to Memphis. Yeah.
2: They I, beat Alabama, Auburn, LSU and Mississippi State and they did not win the SEC West. Yeah. Has that ever been done before?
1: No, it couldn't. There's have been. no possible way that's been done before. I'm trying to think, you know, cuz you take state out of the equation with their one
0: West title. They beat they lost to LSU in 98. So, no. Jeez. To, uh, <laughs> I mean, cause you think, think, think about the teams, because you, you gotta if you want to have it that way, right, you got to take Alabama, Auburn, and LSU out of the equation. So State, yeah. Ole Miss has never won the West. State's only won it once. I know they lost LSU. Arkansas, I think, has like
1: three West titles, so we'd have to look at that. So, I don't know. Speaking of Arkansas, Houston Nutt didn't win the SEC with three proficient NFL running backs on the same team. On the West, but didn't win the Didn't uh, the win SEC. the SEC, yeah. With Darren McFadden and Felix Jones. They to Florida who won
0: the national title. I won't take too much away from them. Yeah, true. A couple other games. He called that play, though. Oh, he he called that play. Oh.
1: Wasn't no 49-10, was it? Wasn't no 49-10. Georgia and Vanderbilt at 630 on the SEC Network. That game is in Nashville. Yeah. There will be over-under 4,500 Vanderbilt fans in the stadium
0: that night. I thought you were going to say 45,000. Georgia fans, I was like, that might be too much. I don't know that the stadium even holds forty-five. Over under forty-five hundred. Not to be more than that's. This is the
1: opener. They'll have it. They'll have half, half the crowd. And Georgia Southern and LSU will play six th- at six thirty on ESPNU that night. That's your opening Saturday. Talk uh,
2: about a low key undercover two fan base is looking to brawl. Georgia Southern at LSU, that has go. <laughs> lots of liquor written all over. This it. is
0: this might be the greatest text we've ever gotten from Darren and Jackson. I'm gonna read it now. I was a little boy when my dad took me to the nineteen sixty eight Liberty Bowl between Ole Miss and Virginia Tech, and it was so cold my dad still said it was the only time he had ever wished for death. <laughs> ask some state fans about that 1991 Liberty Bowl with with Air Force there are people
1: who just got the chill out of their bones last year I think we need to do an oral history on bad experiences with at these the Liberty fa- Bowl with these two fans with Ole Miss and buddy, Mississippi state fans we could we could fill up some airtime with that might be a Or project just like we in undertake.
2: general weather wise because I remember yeah. borky you may be it's still still been in school but there's that 20. I guess it had to been twenty thirteen, the first time Missouri came to Oxford. That was one of the coldest games I've ever uh I have ever been around. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Missouri yeah. came in at like top twenty five ish, I think. I think it was the second year. That game was absolutely miserable.
1: In my date to the game, was wearing nice. a dress. Oh, that's a bad idea. Um, a dress with like just regular shoes, like not leggings or anything, was wearing a dress. We got to the stadium, sat down, she looked at me and goes, I'm cold, can we leave? And you can leave. And that was our last date together. Yeah, that was. uh, She wasn't very happy with me. I bet. I took off my vest and put it across her knees and said, This is the best I can do right now, sweetheart. Yeah, drink some bourbon. As you can imagine, that didn't really go over well. More schedule breakdowns next at Sports Talk, Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank Studio. Right, I want to hear something from you this afternoon. I want you to be a part of the show. Text us, 601-879-4395 on the C Spire text line. Or you can tweet at us if Twitter's your thing, at Sports Talk Miss. This is the worst experience, game experience you've ever had. Not the loss on the field, per se. I mean, that can be a part of it. Like if you were at the old Miss 4th and 27 game, whatever it was, maybe so. But we're talking... Worst in-stadium, in-game experience, worst game day experience you have ever had. Tell us about it. Because a lot of you have texted in about weather in particular. We started talking about the Liberty Bowl and how it's either a sauna or it's a freezer, one or the other. Like, there's no in-between. That's all you get when you go to the Liberty Bowl. And a lot of you have chimed in, uh, for example, um, talking about how the rain hitting the metal bleachers in Shreveport made you go deaf for a week. I mean, I love this kind of (laughs) stuff. Great stuff. So let us know your worst experience at a game, no matter the cause. Could be weather, could be the play on the field, doesn't matter. We'd love to hear from you this afternoon. 601-879-4395. We're getting everybody upset today. We're getting everybody getting upset, upset riled today. up. All what right. is your worst game day experience? Rippy, do you have one?
2: Yeah, so when I was, uh, shoot, I had to have been like six or seven years old. The uh, Do you remember that game Ole Miss in Arkansas that went um, – seven overtimes? bothers me that you were six or seven years old. I was like 27. But go ahead. (laughs) Go ahead. Yes, I do remember. Um, So about 45 minutes before the game started, I was, I guess, getting rounded up by my parents, as most kids are, to head to the stadium and drink a sip of a Coke I was drinking that contained a bee. And the bee crawled down my throat and stung my tonsils. And so I had to be like almost OD'd with Benadryl, basically, to like keep my throat from swelling shut, Dear God. and proceeded to stay up for the entire seven overtimes. Nice.
0: I had a friend that's had something similar that happened to him. We were at a tailgate, and he opened his mouth to eat something, and he was trying to talk at the same time, and all of a sudden he starts going, ah! and a bee had stung him on the tongue. Ooh. And it left it in there. I had to get a credit card out of my wallet and scrape the thing out of his tongue. <laughs> His tongue swoll up oh. like you would not believe. What do you do about that? <laughs> he just t- talked like this for a while. Right? Was it Benadryl wanna... or her? Well, we, I mean, we didn't have, we were not the parent about to leave with the child. We were a bunch of, you know, 20 somethings at a yeah. tailgate. You know, drink some more beer. You know, well, what are we going to do? So, uh, for me, the, if we're going to stick with weather, uh, I have a hot and a cold. Uh, the hot is at the Liberty Bowl, the first game of the 2000 season. We went there, uh, and state was on, I was on, our tickets were on row one. Row one of that state. So we're basically on the field where I think the temperature was a gazillion degrees, give or take. And I brought in – they were letting you bring in water. They were just like, we can't do anything. I brought in one of those liter bottles of water, and I refilled it six times at that game, and I didn't go to the bathroom one time. It just sweated right out of me. That was the only time in my life that outside of a pool – that I legitimately was like, I need to take my shirt off. I didn't do it, but I was going to. It was it was Ugh. so miserable that day. I mean, just just so bad. And then for cold, and a lot of state fans are going to remember this: the 2000 Arkansas game. That day, I'm telling you, I went to the game and it's like a button-down shirt. It was not that cold to start the day, but a cold front blew through, and then it started sleeting, Ugh. sleet, ice, rain. It dropped. The temperature must have dropped 35 degrees in an hour. And on top of it, State lost in overtime. It just uh, all around. So you sat through all of that. I sat just through to... all that. And that was a game, if they had won that game, they would have clinched the SEC West and gone back to the championship game. And that Arkansas team was not that great. Pick Prather got hurt in that game, and uh, he
1: missed the rest of the season. Just all bad. It was all bad that day. Ugh. The one and only Atlanta Braves game I went to, I was – not running, but not walking, like that kind of in-between thing you do in stadiums to get up the stairs faster. And I missed one of the steps and slipped and leaned forward and scraped my sh- both of my shins from like the mid ankle almost up to the knee. I still have a couple of scars, small scars to this day. I was a little bit younger, but we spent the entire rest of the game not watching a single pitch, trying to get my legs to stop bleeding. The <laughs> old <laughs> my first major league baseball game as a kid. Ugh. And I didn't get to watch a single pitch. All right, we got we got to get to some of these. Yeah, let's here. get to some of these. Dave and Ripley, Arkansas at Mississippi State, two thousand one, when it sleeted the whole game. Is that the one you were talking? Uh, about? Yeah, it's it two thousand, but not two thousand
0: one. Yeah, we got uh, this. Was a good one from Pat and Oxford, nineteen seventy six Liberty Bowl, Bama and UCLA, fifteen degrees, winds out of the north for twenty miles an hour. He left at halftime.
1: No, at Ugh. least you were smart enough to do that. Get one from the six of one. The Independence Bowl a couple of years ago, Southern Miss and Florida State. You couldn't get out of the win. That game looked miserable on television.
0: Yeah. Well, he's talking about the Independence Bowl. Let's talk about the Snow Bowl. Two thousand uh, Independence Bowl, Mississippi State versus Texas A and M. They did the commemorative uniforms. They did. That game was bad for another reason. That game was because Johnny Manziel just rammed his fist down Mississippi State's throat. But the uh, the Snow Bowl, I didn't go to that game. I was in New. I was in Louisiana. I was in New Orleans for New Year's. Didn't go to the snowball. So, you know, what, four hours whatever south of there, it's just normal Louisiana winter weather. It's a little cold, but it's not bad. And then we, we walked into this bar, we're gonna watch the game. And we see the stadium, we're like, No, no, could you put on the Mississippi State game? Like,
1: that is the Mississippi State game. What? It's a blizzard in Shreveport. <laughs> never never before, never again. Text from the six six two. I is this real? Ninety five Arkansas, Mississippi State, eighty five at the start. Thirty sleeting at the end. That's not. It's it's the same game. It's the same game. It's two thousand yeah. guys. Two thousand. Could there have
0: been multiple? Was in Arkansas Mississippi State games? Well, hold on. That ninety five game would have been on the road. So it might be. He might be. Told, I, he might. I might be wrong. I probably am wrong on that one. Gah!
1: The weather up there in the mountains, man. We've gotten a couple on the uh, the sixty eight Liberty Bowl. Evidently, that was just a nightmare. Ole Miss in Virginia Tech. A couple of texts about that. One was a cheerleader, and she said she had to climb on the dashboard of a car to dethaw. Or I guess it's just the thaw, not dethaw. That's right. Dethaw would be freezing.
0: You've frozen again, yeah. (laughs) Gosh, these are uh, the Saints Colts preseason game. I've always heard that was really bad because it was hot. The traffic was terrible. They only had like one gate open for 40,000 people. Just, just a nightmare. I remember
2: hearing about that.
1: Keith Invaden says went to a Saints game, went outside to to take a smoke break, and went out the wrong door, and they wouldn't let him back oh, in. That's brutal.
2: Oh, jeez.
1: <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I feel bad here for Sean and Grenada.
0: Last year, I went to Ole Miss, Texas A and M. The wind was blowing so hard, one of the metal detectors blew over and hit my wife. She will now only go to Georgia games. <laughs> that's rough.
1: I don't mean to laugh. I'm sorry I'm laughing. That sounds horrible. Oh, it sounds terrible, yeah. We just uh, we hate that to happen to you. Patton Oxford, seventy six Liberty Bowl, uh, Alabama yeah. and UCLA, fifteen degrees with wind out of the north at twenty miles an hour. I'm trying to think if
0: anything even close for me than those the two games.
1: I mean I've been to if you go to a, a football game in the south
0: in, in September, it's gonna be hot. There's just no getting away on that. Yeah. The Memphis game that I was talking about stands out for how hot it was. Something about the Liberty Bowl. Well, it's something about the Liberty Bowl. And being on row one, I mean, you're basically on the field at that point. The heat is radiating off the grass oh, yeah. right into your face. Oh, so bad. Oh, we got we got a non football one. I want to read this. Oh wow! WrestleMania in Dallas a few years ago missed the entire pre-show in the first two matches. Security was so slow, and they're trying to put ninety thousand people in the stadium. That that's something that. And
1: this guy also got hit in the head with a with a ball from a cowbell, and it knocked him out. <laughs>
0: so a uh, quick story here: oh. I
1: have I have been ringing a cowbell, and then heard
0: it go silent, and looked, and the thing was not in there anymore. So anybody I've ever popped on the head, I'm sorry. That happens though, you know. Eventually, sometimes your ringer will just give out on you, and that that little the little thing in there will fly out, and you'll turn You'll look down about ten rows, and somebody's looking around and
1: rubbing the top of their head. It happens. Stan and Ripley was at the game where the field goal was blocked by God. Yeah, that's uh, his I, thank worst God game day that. experience. Uh,
0: that is something. If you ever want to like somebody, I showed this uh, video to some people in the MSU beat who are not from Mississippi. And I was like, watch this and tell me why state fans hate Ole Miss. (laughs) That's the the (laughs) video to watch. Like, watch
1: God block a field goal that would win an Egg Bowl. Trent says uh, he was at an Egg Bowl and three girls were throwing up in front of him. I have a a buddy of mine... was dating a girl in college, and she was wearing a white dress to a football game. Oh, no. And we weren't exactly the biggest fan of hers. I mean, she wasn't bad, but you know when your buddy dates somebody you just don't really like all that much? She's standing, wearing a white dress, and the entire row of bleachers in the student section next to her are empty. And there's a guy carrying an entire plate of barbecue nachos, trying to balance on the bleachers. <laughs> And he clearly had a few too many that day. And he tripped over his own feet and fell forward and, like, turned the nachos. We didn't know this guy. Turned the nachos towards her and just right on the chest, too. Just splat. And they, like, exploded all over this girl. Barbecue nachos in a white dress. And I still kind of laugh about it to this day. feel bad about that. But, um, you know. Oh. These are all great. These are so good. We'll get to more of these next. I'm loving this. You guys are giving us great responses. Your worst game day experience, some on Twitter as well. Uh, Kevin says, early 90s against uh, Alabama uh, in an Ole Miss game where lightning struck the field.
0: It was a 2000 Egg ball. I was at that one. The rain was so bad. So bad. And for, and for Ole Miss fans, it was great because they won. But state fans, I remember walking
1: out of that stadium just like, why am I alive? Junction Bells. says worst game experience was ICC at Kahoma in either 96 or 97. There was freezing rain and the grass was dead so the field was just, just frozen, frozen mud, mud. Oh. and the showers after the game did not have hot water. The only heat in the, oh locker, room, the, only heat in the locker room was in the toilet he says. <laughs> More coming up at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank Studio. So coming up at some point. I wasn't sure if that was the gorillas or not, but it yeah, was. That's yeah, that's uh, Coming up at some point today, we will get into what is happening at the SEC meetings in Destin. We might get to it. We talk about it on the show a good bit because, quite frankly, I'm surprised that the SEC is behind on this. But they are going to vote this week on lifting the ban on serving specifically beer. It wouldn't be all alcohol, but specifically beer in stadiums in the SEC. According to a report from Ross Dellinger, friend of the show from Sports Illustrated, earlier today, they have the votes to make it happen. Now, he noted in his report that just because presidents and people like that say they're going to vote one way doesn't really mean they're going to vote one way, so we still have to see. I see the third assistant coach for baseball vote on that. Right. That was supposed to pass, and then it just didn't. But it sounds like there's momentum in that direction. So we'll talk about that, and we'll get your feedback, whether or not you think that we should allow it, Um, whether you think it'll pass, what will it look like. We've seen cases at other schools where it has actually reduced incidents and raised revenue. So we'll see. That is coming in the spring meetings, and Mississippi State's representative, Mark Keenum, is not 100% all in really one way or the other. He's kind of straddling the fence on this. He's kind of unsure about the implementation of selling beer in stadiums. Georgia, believe it or not, if you've ever been to a Georgia game, it's hard to believe that they would not be on board with this considering they trash their beautiful campus on game day. They don't have like regulatory trash cans or anything like we do here. I I don't know if you've ever noticed game day atmospheres elsewhere. Like Tuscaloosa, they trash that town. There's just beer cans and stuff just everywhere. Not that way here. Or at least after the game... in Georgia, being against that is is just so odd to me because when you're at a Georgia game, it's like every other game in the SEC. You're surrounded by it. It's part of the culture there, and they don't want to do it. So anyway, we'll break that down coming up at some point in the five o'clock hour. But a few more of your bad game day experiences. We get one uh, from the six six two Derek in the Delta says the 2013 BBVA Compass Bowl. His seven months pregnant wife seats at the very top of the stadium. Oh! It started raining, and they ran out of beer and food before half. His wife was not happy with him for bringing back two pretzels and a bottled water after being gone for an entire quarter. I can imagine. I actually I went to that game, and the beautiful thing about that stadium is it shouldn't exist. <laughs> like not anymore, it, yeah. the FBI should come in and just condemn it and tear it down. You could slip a $5 bill to the beer vendors and they would sell you six packs still like bound together by the nice. plastic. So you could buy all of your beers at once and just keep them in the plastic and just and it was so cold that day they didn't get and get hot. That's good. So you could slip them a 5 and they would illegally sell you a, a full-blown six pack. It here's, was great. Here's a good
2: one from our it's friend G- business Borky. learn about it.
1: Yeah.
0: Capitalism <laughs> my friend. Our friend Georgian from West Point. No no weather. Went to a football game once, just so happened the seat I got had a huge red wasp nest under it. When I sat down, it must have stirred them up because there was instantly a giant swarm of wasps flying around stinging people. I was not stung once, but a lot of other people were. <laughs> that Wait, guy,
2: so the, the guy that sat on it was not stung?
0: They believed he was their leader, I guess. Like, oh, the leader has summoned us. <laughs> we, he's in danger. I got stung at the hump by a wasp. I was sitting there. This was in December, indoors. I was just sitting there. I was like, what is that on my hand? And all of a sudden, I felt this incredible pain. I was like, something bit me, and it was a wasp. Don't swallow them. No,
1: don't do that. Forgot We learned that lesson uh, just a little bit ago. NASCAR race in Talladega from the 662. He got sick before green flag, spent most of the... That's what they call it now. Getting sick before green flag, I guess. Okay. <laughs> Spent most of the race in the infirmary. Car hit the fence about the time I felt good enough to go back to the seat. Red flag for an hour. Got sick again. Went back to the infirmary. He saw three laps of green flag racing. Well, there you go.
2: Oh. At least you got Maybe to be stopped three. drinking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe it's time you know, just to have a water at that point, guys. Did I, I told you guys about how I stepped on a sea urchin at my honeymoon? Didn't I? Yes. There's still bits of sea urchin lodged in my foot. Oh, yeah, it'll be forever. You might turn into a sea urchin at some point. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe I won't ruin somebody else's uh, honeymoon. David and Socher said seven overtime game and bourbon ran out in the third quarter. You got to plan
0: for those kind of things, guys. That's why you need a friend who'll dress up as a blind guy.
1: And on the alcohol note, David also says us riffraff should be able to have the beverages like the high-rise dwellers. And I think that's part of the reason why Georgia doesn't want it, because yeah. they just implemented a program this year that allows people that donate 25 k or more to have access to Did alcohol. Did you see
0: the, uh, the the notice on that, though? You can't view the
1: game from where you're allowed to drink the alcohol. That's just so stupid. I mean, why why do we overcomplicate this kind of stuff? I have no idea. Jeff says he remember, when he was little, he got lost at Turner Field. Oh, and that's tough. security had to help him find his family. I bet that day was worse for your parents than yeah. it was you. Yeah, it wasn't that bad.
0: Whew. It's by been a lot way, of fun. By the way, to start all this, we started this with game times. State versus USM, 2.30. And State versus Kansas State, 11 a.m. Egg Bowl's at 6.30, Rippy. We'll see you there in, in Star Bowl for Thanksgiving.
2: Be sure to put that one on my calendar now. Go ahead and set an alarm. (laughs) uh,
1: We'll circle back to the schedules, but I do want to start this conversation about alcohol because a vote is coming any day, and it has momentum for it to pass. But I want to get your feedback first. Do you think the SEC should allow beer sales in stadiums? Yes or no? We'll get your feedback next at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank Studio. 5 o'clock hour, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming live at supertalk.fm. Richard's off today. Michael Borkey, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippy with you this afternoon. You can text the show 601-879-4395 on the C Spire text line. We're going to get into this alcohol conversation as far as the SEC voting on selling beer in stadiums, but I do want to bring this up. This is something that has flown under the radar at spring meetings that I find fascinating. So this is coming from Josh Kendall. He's at the State Newspaper, which is uh, based in Columbia, South Carolina. It's a big newspaper. Yeah. And uh, he covers the Gamecocks. He said, Steve Shaw, the SEC coordinator of football officials, said, quote, Officiating has always been a no-comment world, but I'm not sure we can live in a no-comment world anymore. And he has hinted at the fact that they may add some kind of press conference, not the night of the game, which I think should be what they do, but they will have meetings with media to explain their thought process on given calls about a week after a, a game. So it's not perfect, but it sounds, like, somewhere. it sounds like Steve Shaw has at least the right mentality where we're actually going to have some transparency and some accountability and are officiating in the SEC for the first time ever. I still think they should meet with the media after the game, just like the players do. Yeah. If an eighteen-year-old can go on that field in front of one hundred and five thousand people exactly. and throw an interception, and then the second he does that, he has to turn around and face thirty cameras and forty reporters and tell them why he did it, an official, a grown man, should have to do the same thing.
2: I it agree. could be a public safety issue, though.
0: Well, I, I, I see where you're going because I mean, I don't know, I don't know what the setup is at Ole Miss, but for state. The public can can access, and I know in Arkansas they can the, uh, the the media area. Can they really? I know in Arkansas they can. I think I think state there's like you can get some family into them. There may be enough security, but that Arkansas, would need to change. I know at Arkansas they showed a couple of like there's just a glass wall and or you know plastic barrier whatever it is, and there's fans just sitting there watching the press conference. So I, I agree with Rippy. that it could become a safety issue, but. There's you've no- already see,
2: you know, We said this yesterday. You've already seen a version of this in pro sports, though, with the two-minute report, and no one likes the two-minute report, not even the players. I think, Literally no one. Like, with, Kevin Durant trashes it openly.
0: I get it, but at the same time, maybe, I get both sides of it. But I think fans might accept it a little bit more if, you know, John Ref had to come out right after the—a week later is a bit much. But if they were coming out right after the game, and, just, and especially if they were just like, I just blew it. You know, if they could have some contriteness about themselves. You know, and then there's got to be a penalty system in place, you know. Hey, we missed this call, so you you're suspended for next week or whatever you got to do. I don't know how you do that, but that's that's not what they pay me the millions of dollars for. See, I think that's what
1: most people uh, are are just missing. You know, I, I, even though it's not college, I think the Saints game, if the officials right after the game would have publicly said, "Hey, look, the play happened quick, there should have been a flag after review, Mm -hmm. we blew it. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people would have let it go, but the fact that Goodell kept everybody's mouth shut for weeks after that was a bigger contribution to the problem than if the ref after the game said, look, it happened so fast, I, I blew the call, I'll work hard to make sure I don't do that again.
0: Oh, no, The play I always come back to in college is from the MSU Alabama game, which would not have it wouldn't have changed the game. Alabama's still going to win, but the block in the back that was called that it that was have, atrocious, an atrocious call. I should be allowed to ask that ref. What did you see on that call that made you do that? And then I can go to the the, the replay and be like, that's that's not what happened. You know, that, that's another thing too. Do they, do they do they give us in the press conference with the media the ability to let's watch the replay? You know, I want to be able to to see, show me what you're seeing. Kind of thing. I don't know. The, the I will say this: the bottom line to me, it'll never get fixed. It'll there'll always be bad calls. Yeah. Any
2: until, final thoughts before
1: we move on, Rippy?
2: No, like I kind of give what Hey Dad saying. I think there's probably like like somewhere in the middle of what two sides like y'all two are on here and I are on here. I, or I guess presumably like there's some middle ground here. But in the end, until you go to robots, like there's always going to be some kind of incompetence because I mean it is human error.
1: Real quick before we, before we turn the page, a text from the six six two just tuned in. If Ole Miss wins their regional, do they go to Starkville? No. I was just about to type Miss, out the answer. Go ahead. If they win their regional and Arkansas wins their regional, Ole Miss will go to Arkansas. If Ole Miss wins their regional and anybody else besides Arkansas wins that one, Ole Miss will host a Super Mississippi State. As long as they win, will be in Starkville, in Starkville. until Omaha. That is how that shakes out. But let's turn the page here. The conversation we teased right before the break, if you're just joining us, the SEC spring meetings are going on in Destin, and something that they're going to vote on, and reportedly they have the votes to pass it if everybody holds true, is the removal of the ban to sell beer in stadiums in the SEC. That vote is happening either today or tomorrow, and we promise you we'll get you an update as soon as this happens. The question is, the poll out there now, if you follow us on Twitter, at Sports Talk Miss, quite simply, would you support beer sales in SEC Stadium? So far, 120 votes, so it's a young poll, 78% in favor of yes. A little background and some quotes for you before we dive into our opinions and get your reaction as well. According to Ross Dellinger, uh, they do have the votes, as I as I said. They have the votes to make it, this work if everybody holds true. Mississippi State President Mark Keenum said he has mixed feelings on the issue of stadium-wide sales and he is looking forward to the discussion that's going on later uh, but he is not exactly sold one way or the other on this issue. Greg Sankey has really never been sold on this idea. He was quoted today or yesterday, excuse me, by saying that selling alcohol in stadium is not the the quick fix to the de- declining attendance issue, which I agree with, but it certainly would help. Peter Burns, who I love, I'm surprised to see his answer. I respect Peter Burns. He is great at what he does, and this is what he said, which is something that I wholeheartedly disagree with, but we'll debate it in a second. He said if he had a vote, he would vote no on alcohol sales in SEC stadiums because it would make money. It probably maybe would increase attendance, but it would cause major headaches. So what do you think? Text us, 601-601. 879 4395. Would you support alcohol? It would just be beer, it would not be liquor. Yeah, it would definitely it would be, just be beer. beer sales
2: in SEC
1: stadiums. Would you support it? Yes would or no? That, would that, let me
0: ask you this, would that sort of take away the allure of premium seating for some who, you know, they want to drink during the game and now it's like, well, I can just buy beer at the stadium. Why am I, why am I dropping two, $3,000 to sit up here? When I can just get regular season tickets and buy beer, an interesting I won't question. spend three thousand dollars on beer. I promise you that in the season. I mean, unless you're really hammering them. Something just. I mean, that's something you talk about. Why the university might not want to go for it? They could see a, a possible decrease
1: in 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 you know premium seating idea. And Daniel, you you say just no. Well, tell us why. Uh, I would like to hear a little bit more. We, we we're glad you're engaging with us today, but give us a little bit a more.
0: Little, 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 uh, yeah.
1: Uh, Rippy, would you support it, yes or no? I know you cover the game, so it doesn't really make a difference to you, but would you support it?
2: Yeah, I would. I mean, I'm still on this theory where I think it would help from people guzzling liquor from crushed-up water bottles. And there are
1: numbers to back that up. I've said it on this show before, and we, we do get a couple of responses. One in particular from Adam on Twitter that says fans can get out of hand without selling more fuel to the fire. And I I agree with you that alcohol is uh, a spark to any kind of situation. Alcohol fuels anger in a lot of people. I get it. But here's what they have found. This is factually accurate. Specifically at West Virginia, but the studies have held true in other places. And that's a place where people are going to be a little riled up already when they decided to sell beer in their stadium in 2011, alcohol-related arrests and hospital visits and in-stadium incidents went down by 50%. And they are finding that people are far less likely to binge drink pregame. They are far less likely to sneak liquor into the game. They are far less likely to get smashed to make sure that their buzz lasts three hours in a football game to complete it. They have found that the option of being able to buy a beer in a stadium has stopped people from doing that. And if you've ever been to an SEC game before, pay attention this year when you when you walk into your gates. Looker, every gate has a trash can in front of it. Watch what the people are doing next to the trash cans. They're drinking. They have a full stadium cup and they are making sure they get every ounce they can out of it before they walk into the stadium. Do you think that's sort of uh you know if you think about being a parent right and
0: you're like all right kids if you do that again we're gonna take this away from you. Could it be that the reason alcohol-related offenses are going down are like, look, if we keep screwing this up, they're going to take beer out of the stadium. You know, a little peer pressure, maybe.
1: A lot of responses are coming in. Love the engagement this afternoon. We'll get to all of your responses next. It's a, I mean, it's not a cut and dry issue, and there's a lot of opinions on both sides. But I will tell you this: if you're afraid that you'll be surrounded by drunks if they start serving beer in SEC stadiums, Brother, you already are, you are oblivious to what is already happening. SEC football games are not family-friendly.
2: Football in general is not. like I, I've probably told you this on air before, but my boss, when I worked with the Reds, like I asked him about Bengals games, and he was like, I, I would never take my kids to a Bengals-Steeler game. Are you kidding me?
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll continue this next at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank Studio. Dive right back in at Sports Talk Mississippi streaming live at Supertalk.fm, continuing on our conversation about whether or not the SEC should vote yes on allowing beer sales in their stadiums. Stan and Ripley says, I agree to that. You are so correct because people are not going to drink more before the games. Look at bowl games. You don't see anybody getting out of hand as much because they know they can buy beer at a stadium. And I know it's a much smaller scale. But have you guys ever been to a baseball game at Old Miss or Mississippi State? What do you think? They're throwing up in the air in Oxford. What do you think is in everybody's cup in Starkville? People are already drinking at games on it's campus. It's called, called baseball water for a reason. Right? Yeah, uh, it, that's already have. It's a smaller scale, but that's already happening. Yeah, and this question you, comes up a, a lot, and it's fair uh, from the six six two asking about uh, liability. Yeah. Well, the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, a lot of colleges already have seemed to figure out the insurance. Yeah and liability situation before they made this happen. We've been selling alcohol at games, not in the SEC, but at, at athletic events for 100 years. They serve hard liquor
0: at the Superdome.
1: Which yeah. is I mean, that's crazy, but yeah, they do it. Yeah, and, and everything seems to work out okay. Rip, you sounded like you were going to say something.
2: Well, baseball. When you allow the cooler in, like generally, I would like I, I don't have any math to back this up. But like most people are drinking beer as to, as opposed to hard liquor. Like you don't hear near as nearly as many incidents coming from a baseball game as you do football. I realize it's significantly less people, but like I think there's probably still some merit to that.
1: We get a text from a seven one two area code. He's from Iowa, Michael in Starkville. That's really cool. Thanks for. Uh... For, for tuning in today. The College World Series started selling beer a few years ago, and we all thought it might be a problem at first. Ended up being a great decision and a moneymaker. Never seen any issues arise from it. Hal said he stopped going to games years ago because of the binge drinking fools in the stands. He said it wasn't worth the trouble. And remember, what Hal's talking about is during a time when it has been banned. It, that's already been an issue for some people, for whatever that's worth to you.
2: So where's the evidence to point to that if they do this it's going to be a massive issue? Like doesn't where exist. is this happening? It doesn't exist. Okay. Yeah.
1: It's it's, it's it's well people are afraid of it and I understand that. It's just,
2: it's just change. People are afraid of change.
0: Yeah. So at the end of the day though I mean idiots are always going to be idiots whether there's liquor available to them or not and somebody who really wants to drink and, and hey man if if beer was available and I'm in the stands I'll have a beer yes sir. I don't have a problem with that but you know if you can't be responsible with beer in the stadium, you probably weren't going to be responsible with it not in the stadium either way. Right.
1: We get a funny text here from the 662. Mr. Burns talking about Peter, the size of the headache will depend on how many beers you have. It's true. And this is a great point. This was brought up, brought up to us on Twitter by Roberto and also on the text line from a 601 number. If the money folks in the box seats already have it, why not everybody else? See, why is it allowed for the people that donate, but not for the people because they're
0: technically not buying liquor they are buying their seat and they're allowed, they're to, allowed to bring it. like it's, it's it's one of those crazy loopholes you know that 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 sounds the,
1: like rich people privilege to me
0: i i saw something really funny <laughs> the other day that's it said uh if you ever see a crime that's punishable by a fine what that means is it's legal for rich people
1: basically yeah <laughs>
0: I thought that was funny.
1: Daniel says, if I want to drink in the game, I will drink in the game. Simple. They might as well make money on it. People will drink regardless if they let it in or not. I know the beer drinkers in the junction binge before the game to get right. That's right. And Shauna Granada says, fan is short for fanatic, and we're all crazy anyway. We get another text from the 601. Yes, maybe the students would stick around for more than two and a half quarters of a football game. Yeah. The students aren't where this is, is
0: going to be targeted, though, because... It's, it can be an 8 eight to $10 beer. Yeah. And, you know, that's what a student wants to pay for a, for a 12 pack to a case if they can get away with it. Hashtag be slight.
1: <laughs> Somebody is refreshingly honest from the 407. I get too drunk drinking liquor out of my water bottle. So, yes, beer would be great.
2: Well, at least you are.
1: He's uh, also not self-aware. alone
2: on that by far.
1: No, absolutely not. No. And Dan and Charleston, he brings up the fact that he has his best friend has two young kids, and they wouldn't want to sit next to some drunk. But I'm telling you, they already are. And um, Brad on the the Twitter feed says, if they elect to sell alcohol, I would hope they mandate certain sections that would be family friendly or non-alcohol zones. That, now that would be a smart idea. Maybe just you know just a
0: few. It doesn't have to be a whole section. Maybe just half, and you can. I don't know if you want to fence it off or whatever. I always had the idea at state, and and I could never get any athlete to get any traction with it. But to call it to have section X, where not only was alcohol allowed, but the most brutal of profanity would be allowed without any kind of repercussions if you paid to sit in Section <laughs> X. So they screwed up, and it's just like, you just hear this torrent of profanity. I would have paid extra back in my day to sit there and and not have people eyeballing
1: me when I was letting, you know, Jackie or Kroom or even Mullen, what I know what I really thought was happening. Brian says, when has prohibition in general worked? It only increases crime and violence. It, and I say the same thing about, like, Players getting paid. We need the as Al Pacino, they, the Al Capone,
0: Pacino, the Al Capone of college football. He's just, <laughs> he's just he's running moonshine into
1: the stadium. What you do is you just put it in a place. I, I when I was an undergrad, I wore compression shorts and would get floppy flasks and put the nozzle of the floppy flask right where your belt is because they can't touch that. You know they can't touch that area. Can they not? Oh, they don't.
2: Nah. Well,
1: they can touch it. I've been I've I've had that.
0: I've had that occur. Then you should have raised hell. If you I just, got I just, there. I just like to scream out, like, "Hey, I hope we're going to dinner later or something like that." <laughs> as I walk through the Cobra security at vaught
2: Hemingway.
1: Yeah, you just you put the the floppy flask where they're not legally allowed to touch, and you're in every time.
2: It depends on how like bold the security guard is. I I like, just I've, walk by. It's obviously bulging. Like you have something in there, but you're just like, what are you gonna do, man? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's just me, bro. Kevin says charge a premium for the alcohol and that will limit consumption. That's the thing, too. Yeah. I mean, it's already
0: going to be charged premium. Yeah.
1: Right. So, I mean, I like to, I enjoy, as you guys know, if you listen to the show long enough, I I like beer. I'm a beer drinker. I I just do. So, I enjoy it while I'm watching the game. I would rather, if I'm at a four hour football game, spend 10 bucks and have a beer than not spend 10 bucks and have a beer for that four hours. But I will not have six of them, I will have two or three. As long as I can have one, I'll be good. So that, at least for me, Kevin, that would make a ton of sense. Josh Pitts says, uh, I am for it. It's a revenue source that can lead to more positives than negatives. Other concession stands, potential uh, prices could be lowered as well and should improve attendance. John Hester says, personally, I'm against beer sales in SEC stadiums. However, he does not see the SEC turning down a potential $1 billion contract. And I tend to agree. It would be over many years, but... Whatever Anheuser-Busch would pay to be the official alcohol provider of SEC football would be a billion-dollar contract.
0: Cody and Tupelo, at State, they make you pull up your shirt to check your waistline. I speak from experience. That's pretty rough there. Seems a little far. Yeah,
1: I do have a a good buddy named Robert uh, back when we were in college. It was an 11 a.m. kickoff, and he didn't have anything on him. But he was a funny guy, and so when, once he got through the gate, he turned around and said, Guys, we're good! I got in! We're good! And then a cop tackled him. Oh, gosh. And he had nothing on him, and he got to go to the game. But yeah, that's... Uh, they, they're they taking it a lot further than they did when I was in school. People used to just slip it down their boots, and nobody would even look in there. I had a friend who got caught one time with going into Vaught-Hemingway.
0: We were at the, we were at the Egg Bowl, and he, uh, he got caught with his. The guy directly behind him, Another friend had his, had his, uh, you know, traveler or whatever. And uh, so friend A is like, what should we do? Friend B is like, go deep. And he just took off running, passed it over. Nobody saw him. Pass was complete. Bourbon was in the stadium.
1: (laughs) We get it. This is a, a great point here from the 662. What entertainment venue doesn't serve alcohol? What is the downside? I can buy it at a restaurant, concert, movie theater, Broadway show, pro sporting event, even freaking Disney World, the kids' capital of the world. That's true. You can That's get sloshed
0: point. at Disney World if you want to go. Go to Epcot and get a beer in every country. You'll be, you'll be hammered by the time you get to Canada.
2: Are you speaking from experience? No,
0: <laughs> but I've seen it happen.
1: If the SEC allows sales from uh, Roof Max, if the SEC allows alcohol sales. Wouldn't the state of Mississippi have to change the law to allow sales on campus? That I don't know, but I imagine. Uh, The legislators would not allow Alabama and Auburn and LSU and Arkansas and Texas A&M to do something that makes a ton of money that the Mississippi schools could not do. I think revenue would um, outweigh the negative perception of it, and they would quickly change that law. Because you'd be out millions. Ohio State without without sponsorship money just on net profit from selling beer in their stadium for one football season just football seven games 1.3 million dollars mm-hmm. no sponsorship nothing <laughs> seven home football games 1.3 million dollars from the 662 I've been having a conversation we're trying to figure out the,
0: the the best price point he says pay a price to make it refillable like the sodas are <laughs> now we're talking 25 bucks and you can you can get your free souvenir cup refilled with ice-cold beverage.
1: You know, I'm a little surprised to tell you the truth that we have not seen many negative responses to this. I mean, our poll is 75-25 in favor of it. We've gotten a couple of no's on Twitter, but really haven't seen any negative. I'm surprised because when we've talked about this before over the years, Hasn't been this way. Maybe people are loosening up a little bit. We'll circle back to the schedules, maybe continue on this. Text us, 601-879-4395. What do you think? Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank Studio. A couple more of your texts before we move on on this. From the 901. I don't know if this is something that would actually happen, but I like where your mind is. So I think we should have an attendant walking around with a pony keg refilling everybody in the stands.
0: Brilliant. <laughs> Imagine the
1: tips that guy would make. People would just tell you to, I mean, they would just open up the nozzle and just, hey, give me a squirt.
0: Deborah Bird has a fantastic idea. And if Landshark Lager doesn't
1: run to Ole Miss for a sponsorship, she says only Landshark at the Vaught. See, and that's that's the thing with this. Is it's not just what you would make off the sales. Yeah. I mean, we have uh, – there's a problem in Mississippi uh, compared to other states with the amount of local breweries that we have here. There are there are criminally – And somebody just tweeted a small that, like,
0: amount. partner with some of the in-state breweries. Make
1: some money for them. But the ones we have They're great. make really good stuff. They're great. And so that's before any of this. Ohio State's $1.3 million was far before – they sold any kind of sponsorship on it. That's just from sales. And yeah, Kelly, why not partner with local in-state breweries? That, that would be a great idea. And you could make, at the end of the day, you could make a lot of money off of this. And it doesn't. What is it?
0: Lazy Magnolia? They have they have the Rebel Ale and they have the Ale State. Ale State and yeah. then Golden. They, they've got an all USM one. I just don't know what it is off the top of my head. So yeah,
1: it, the the uh, the Ole Miss one is a play on the Land Shark. It's like Shark. Something. I thought it was. I thought it was Rebel Ale. Is it? I think I, I could be wrong. I like Ale states clever. Uh, it's, yeah, it's all really good stuff. But um, really have yeah, really good ideas. Couple more texts here. Um, everybody buys their seats now except for the nosebleeds. Ticket is three eighty, whatever. Okay, so you're basically just saying club seating is much higher, and yeah. So they get special privileges, but what we're saying is just because you have a little bit more money doesn't suddenly mean you should be allowed to do something that is banned for everybody else, you know? And that's what we're getting at. We, we understand why they get to have it at the premium seating areas. We get how that process works. We just don't think it's right. Yeah, let me agree. Dustin says people are going to act stupid. So regardless, so you might as well just make some money off of their stupidity. Fair enough. Easy money. Um, let's turn the page a little bit. A quick basketball note, Rippy, even though and this was not unexpected news at all. Actually, it would have been a bigger surprise if this did not happen, but uh, Ole Miss got their backcourt back today.
2: Yeah, they did. So Devontae Shuler and Brian and Tyree are both back. They tested the draft waters. Neither are expected to go anywhere, but yeah, they will be back at school for Shuler's junior year and Tyree's senior year. So good news for Ole Miss. I, don't, I think it would have been more surprising, like you said, if one of them had not come back. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I haven't seen anybody call this big news, which which is good because that would have been disingenuous. They were coming back. It's a great thing that the NBA does, allow these kids to – or, well, I guess it's in conjunction with the NCAA. The NCAA got something right for once, which is allowing these kids to go test the water, get evaluated, get feedback, get a grade, not sign with an agent, and then come back to school.
2: Football should do this.
1: It, it's a no-brainer because every single year, more kids declare for the draft and then don't get drafted. Yeah, It happened with the you Wilson. Uh, I mean, he... he I mean, maybe he would have played in the NFL, maybe he would have not played in the NFL, but regardless, he needed to come back to school.
0: I would be willing to guarantee that after his pro day, you know, he ran a terrible 40 at at the Combine. And then after his pro day, he didn't do any better. He ran like 4.8. I guarantee at that point if he could have come back, he would have. I mean, he was getting terrible advice, but even at that point, I think somebody would have been like, okay, we
1: need to reset this. At least I hope so. And that would have been extremely beneficial for him. To, and to extremely beneficial
0: for Mississippi State to have him back the next year with a, with the new quarterback, you know.
1: And, and the fact that we can't do this now in other sports doesn't make any sense, but at least... And, and you got three players in Mississippi back that uh, are, are just going to be exceptional on the court. We'll look at the schedules. Maybe tomorrow... Uh, I just know that you guys aren't really looking forward to basketball schedule breakdowns just yet. Those did get released, but... I guess all three early declaries for the draft are back, right, for Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Yeah, uh, yes. So everybody that declared early yes. will all be back on campus next year. So that's a good thing.
0: Should be another good year for basketball in the state. Yeah,
1: but I think Reggie Perry next year, that'll be it. I think he's an NBA player after a sophomore season. I would agree with that. It's it's hard to – as long as he just progresses the way that you expect him unless to, he's an NBA unless player. Unless
0: something out of the blue happens, both for that or if another player were to, to have a monster year. Yeah, something yeah. like that. You know, something like Robert Woodard becomes a 17-point-per-game score or something.
1: Let's get back to the schedules. We got a little sidetracked. Had a lot of fun with uh, your worst game day experience ever. Uh, but that came up because we were talking about the first three weekends in the SEC all were given start time. So just for a refresher, uh, opening weekend, August 31st, you have A&M playing on Thursday night at 7.30. Ole Miss and Memphis will be at 11 o'clock. On ABC, Duke and Alabama, we knew this was coming. The 2.30 game on ABC. South Carolina, North Carolina, 2.30 on ESPN. Uh, Georgia-Auburn, the nightcap uh, on ABC, 6.30 start. Georgia-Vanderbilt will be 6.30 on the SEC Network. Saturday, September 7th, so the next week, a sneaky, awesome game that nobody's talking about leading up to the season. West Virginia and Missouri will be an ESPN or ESPN2 game uh, at eleven o'clock that day, nobody's talking about that game. What a weird
0: game! You've got Missouri really with Kelly Bryant, and then West Virginia is sort of doing that thing where they're switching from an air raid, the Holgo offense, to the uh, Neil Brown, a little bit more of the run option kind of deal. I don't, I don't. It could, it could be a little transition. We'll see. But that said, it should, it
1: should be a pretty good game. It's two brands, which means something. Yeah. Uh, Charleston Southern, the Buccaneers will play South Carolina on the SEC network for whatever that's worth. Another sneaky South Carolina's only easy game the whole year. Yeah, seriously. Uh the only or uh, the sneaky good matchup of the weekend on the Big Ten network, Vanderbilt at Purdue, could be interesting. How will you know which fan is which? All black and gold. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to tell.
2: It's about to say I'm not a meme or gif guy, but like wouldn't that be the Spider Man thing? <laughs>
0: We need to to get those those, those red and blue turned to black and gold. Southern
1: Miss and Mississippi State ESPNU 230 for that game. Going to be hot. Yeah, going to be really hot. Should be a good game, though. September Saturday in central Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah, bring your sunscreen. Maybe have a beer or two. Wait, you can't yet. Wait, you can have it before. Or during if you're if you're sneaky. Murray State in Georgia. That game is getting ESPN two. Murray State in Georgia is getting ESPN two at three o'clock in the afternoon. What a joke. The Racers, man, they're great. New, New Mexico State and Alabama will also be at three on the SEC network. BYU in Tennessee might be interesting. That's an ESPN game at six o'clock. Tulane in Auburn. ESPN two at six thirty. Arkansas and Ole Miss. 6.30 on the SEC network, much better time
0: slot than 11 a.m. It's so weird seeing Arkansas and, and, and playing State and Ole Miss much earlier this year. Neither one of those games is in November. Normally that's like the first week and second week, or third week of November game.
1: Well, that, that's good because you, you'll you don't get want them to catch when they're them tripping them all yeah. over talk, themselves. do get them late in the season. UT <laughs> Martin in Florida is also that weekend in Eastern Michigan and Kentucky. Now the Georgia-Murray State thing makes a little bit more sense because that slate they're is all bad, yeah. just really the, bad. The, the game of the
0: day is Arkansas-Ole Miss. That's the best game on the schedule. That's probably not good. No. I mean, I guess West Virginia-Missouri could be, but I don't know. And the third weekend, so, September
2: 14th. Go ahead, Rick. So game day to Oxford is what you're saying. <laughs> well,
0: I don't know what the rest
1: of the nation has to bring. I'm pretty sure they'll be at LSU-Texas that day,
0: Yeah, but uh, if I had to so.
1: guess. Uh, week three, September 14th, Arkansas State and Georgia at 11 on ESPN. Kansas State and Mississippi State at 11 on ESPN or ESPN2. I hope that Mississippi State, Kansas State will get ESPN. It
0: should. Over Arkansas State and Georgia. Teams, I don't know Kansas State's schedule, obviously, off the top of my head, but if they're both 2 and 0, you would think so.
1: Chattanooga and Tennessee at 11 o'clock on the SEC network. Colorado State and Arkansas. Upset alert there. Sneaky game. At 3 o'clock on the SEC network. Selah and Ole Miss also at 3 o'clock on the SEC network alternate channel. Um,. Might be a little hot, but at least you don't play Southeastern Louisiana at 11 a.m. You might actually uh, be able to get a decent crowd for that one. Florida and Kentucky that night at 6 o'clock on ESPN. Kent State and Auburn on ESPN, too. My goodness. What a terrible slate. This is awful, too. Lamar and Texas A&M. Northwestern State and LSU at 6.30. And Southeast Missouri and Missouri the second, at 6.30. That that weekend's awful. Second best
0: game is Kansas State-Mississippi State. Mississippi State. I'm, I'm, I'm really surprised. I guess, is this before... Uh, CBS will start doing their games, or is there something I'm missing? What, why is Florida the Kentucky at the two thirty game?
1: This must just be before.
0: Are you that or because it's an, this is an ESPN release, right? Maybe it's just not. Yeah. There's probably a game we're missing. I need to bring up the helmet schedule.
1: And the Egg Bowl will be at six thirty on what, Thanksgiving night.
0: What are we missing here?
1: Don't we have a Saints game oh, that day they've, as well? they've already announced that. Yeah, South Carolina-Alabama
0: is the 2.30 okay. SEC, CBS game that day. And that weekend's still brutal. It's still not great, yeah. Not great.
1: And 6.30 for the Egg Bowl. Uh, we get a text here that says we need a Best Bets segment. That's something that we're going to do moving forward. We're oh, yeah. going to have a pick segment in the works right now where we will do daily picks and we will review our bad picks from the day before. That is coming I just got to iron out some details on that, but looking forward to that. Final thoughts next at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank Studio.